Welcome to Uncontained, episode 153. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and on the show today, I speak with Zach Moreno. He is one of the co-founders of Squadcast, which is an online service to help podcasters record interviews as in-person as possible, not with gargled audio like you get on Skype and Facebook Instant Messenger and uh, Google Hangouts, you name it. All of those are designed for not podcast reasons. So this episode is... For my podcasters out there that are fed up with having to go back and try to piece together audio to make it sound all right during the editing process. And uh, I really do believe Squadcast could be a game changer in, uh, in remote interviews. So in this interview, I'll talk to Zach about how him and his team got together and came up with an idea for Squadcast, how they have kind of worked their way into the podcasting community, and, uh, you know, they're actually starting up a podcast of their own, Between Two Mics is the name of it, and that just launched a little earlier this month, so you should be able to find that on iTunes now. So stick around, stick around till the end of the show. Because Zach, the guys from Squadcast, are hooking up my listeners, you guys, uh, with the promo code to try out Squadcast. So stick around to the end of the show for that promo code. And, uh, well, it's time to plug in those earbuds if you haven't already. This is how Zach Moreno of Squadcast lives uncontained. How are you doing today, Zach? Awesome, Aaron. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, man. Thank you for coming on. I, I met you, I don't know, a few weeks ago, probably at some podcasters meetup yeah. in uh, San Francisco. We were talking and you're like, I got this new web app for recording podcasts and uh, it's better than Skype. And that that had my attention right there. So you want to just first of all, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, happy to. Well, you mentioned I'm the co-founder um, and, and also uh, CEO of Squadcast.fm. Done some other stuff uh, prior to that, and um, largely focused on on um, open source, um, open data within government for about five years before Squadcast. Just always always been really passionate about uh, creativity and specifically how collaboration can lead to creative possibilities that otherwise may not present themselves. So stuff like pair programming for developers or like uh, collaborating, like YouTubers say collab, right? I don't know, or painting in high school is what, All right. kind of how it started for me. But What's um, pair programming for people like me who mm -hmm. don't necessarily know uh, all the lingo? Um, pair programming. So it's like you and I together are... Uh, are collaborating on the same on the same piece of software. Just this idea of creativity is is uh, enhanced by collaboration, and that's how I personally think about my my personal mission. Okay. And, and Squadcast is kind of the the latest embodiment of uh, that creative collaboration, that spirit. And and it's ideal for um, podcasters to record remote interviews with their guests or co-hosts anywhere in the world in studio quality. And it's that last bit that turns out to be very tricky and needs some really innovative engineering to okay. uh, to accomplish that studio quality from anywhere bit. Yeah, I know like I was using like Skype and uh, their web recording app mm -hmm. uh, and I had so many problems with that. Like I did one interview 
and it recorded my side of the conversation, but not my guest. It was like, all right, got to call back and see if we can do this again sometime. So luckily, it was able to work it out where we could do it again. But still, when you record an hour-long show and only half of it is there, yeah, uh, yeah, it's never good. No, that's the <laughs> that's the opposite. I mean, it takes uh, podcasting is hard enough as it is, right? So having True. to uh, send, you know, uh, can we re-record emails is not typically like. A free resource that people give out people give out like emails like oh how to how to invite guests cold email guests they should do one that's like how to, <laughs> how to ask people to re-record when skype didn't work maybe that's a free resource we'll put out with squadcast it's a good idea there you go could be your advertising campaign right there yeah now you said you worked with open source programs what made you decide to go the podcasting avenue yeah i think it's a cool story we we wanted to start we um the intention was to not do a startup or or even to write more code. It was exactly the opposite. It was I used to paint all the time in high school. Okay. I, I want to do uh, something in a new creative medium. Podcasting was kind of the criteria that I was thinking of it because it had been on my radar for some time as a listener. I was really impressed with the quality um, of, of audio dramas specifically that I had started to hear. Um, Ars Paradoxica and the Bright Sessions to point out the first two but other stuff like Night Vale thereafter and um, really creative stuff going on in that in that genre within podcasting was was inspiring to me and I I have kind of this thesis that big tech companies they talk all the time about how they derive their inspiration for technology that they're developing today from science fiction um, of tomorrow, painting pictures of what's tomorrow. And then they kind of work backwards and try to bring self-driving cars to reality or like Google, um, Google assistant is kind of like the, the computer, you know? Um, so that is, uh, that's kind of one facet of it. And then it's like, okay, well, if the source of inspiration for our innovations today are coming from science fiction, and then you take a look at the landscape of science fiction today and kind of what's it evolved into in my lifetime is it's gotten very dystopian and uh, negative. Yeah. So I have a my hypothesis or yeah, my, my hypothesis is that we're um, we're essentially like running out of the well of ideas for a positive future. And we need that well of positive ideas to have as inspiration for the next generation of technologists to come along and, and um, pick up where we left off. So. That has nothing really to do with podcasting or, you know, whatever software or SaaS or whatever. You know, I wanted to um, I wanted to create something that was positive science fiction because there's too much negative science fiction was the gist of it. Like by negative science fiction, you mean like there's the cyber thieves and stuff like that coming to steal all your identity type stuff? Or is uh, that do you have something else in mind? Like um, and these are all fascinating creative works so i don't want to put them down at all but black mirror is largely negative where, okay uh, in contrast to something like star star trek um is is a positive future um so i think there's definitely there's always going to be dystopian right but i'm not advocating for everything to be utopian i'm just saying that we need we need to uh we need to continue to like like isaac asimov you know predicted the existence of a computer, like that's a pretty abstract thing to try to like think of and get, kind of get right. And I don't know if th- our current generation of science fiction 
uh, creatives are are even close to that level of like yeah. um, envisioning things that are far out in the future. It feels like feels like technology is closing the gap on the well of ideas that we have at our disposal in science fiction. And I wanted to contribute and, and try to broaden that gap so that way we have uh, more ideas to pull from. Okay. And we wanted to do that in podcasting. Uh, we wanted to do it within the genre of science fiction audio dramas. Um, positive was the constraint. And started to do a bunch of research into that outside of just listening. And my, my brother's an audio engineer. My best friend is a playwright. And uh, I'm, I've written a book. So our idea was like, okay, well, and I'm also, I'm also a web developer and podcasting is on the internet. Okay. So I was like, well, we, we have the raw skills to get there and do it well. So we started to do that and we finally got to the point where we were recording our own vocals and starting to work with some voice actors that we had hired on online. And uh, my, my brother started to get into post-production, um, our, our engineer, and it's like, man, everything sounds great except for, except for the vocals. You know, <laughs> just the quality bottleneck that came up. And it's like, well, what are we doing? You know, how are we doing this? And we had done our homework and researched what the, the OG podcasters said to do for this kind of thing. And that's use Skype with some kind of other um, third-party software to capture that that VoIP signal. Yeah. And what you end up with is the, the host sounds great. You sound great. But your guest audio is traveling over the network. And it's therefore compressed and squished, and it, the quality is not even consistent from time to time in the recording. So it's because it's it's varying with the quality of the network, with the strength of the network. Yeah, and that's that makes editing a real challenge because you're not even you don't even have constant quality to work with. I can attest to that. Uh, there's been many a times on Skype that I've had a conversation and say if me and my guest end up talking at the same time. Um, their audio just drops out pretty much, totally unable to understand it. So, so echo cancellation is a common thing that you want in a phone call or a, a VoIP conversation because humans don't do well formulating their speech when they can hear other people speaking to them um, in full volume. So it helps a little bit to like duck that volume down, and people don't even realize it. Huh. You know, it's happening in the background. They don't even realize it, but all, all your phone calls do that, all of um, that stuff. So it's any real-time conversation. It makes sense in that context. But like you're saying, to record that audio and then your listeners hear it back, your listeners aren't forming your speech at that same time. Yeah. So it's it's not intuitive for them, and they're like, why'd the volume just drop and then come back up? So, yeah, that's that's one of those things that's like a side effect of, of recording VoIP conversations and other Another is that you can sometimes, depending on how you're doing it, end up with everybody's audio all in one track. And that makes that takes away your flexibility in post-production to be able to edit everybody independently. Really early on, kind of we started to make a list of of what the, the challenges were standing in our way of getting quality. Yeah. And and then started to do some homework and stuff and, and we we found that there weren't good options uh, outside of that. We just it's like, okay, the, this is the comprehensive list. Skype and Zoom, usual, usual suspects, things that weren't designed for capturing conversations for consumption by listeners after the fact. 
they're really designed for when you call your doctor's office or something or support and they're like, you know, this call is recorded for quality assurance purposes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. I heard one of those earlier today, actually. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. So, <laughs> so they, um, you know, it's, it's archival quality is kind of how I think of it. Having come from a background in government and enterprise, they archive everything because they, they have to. And um, and that's a good thing, ultimately. But they're not concerned with people listening for hours at a time with millions of listeners and stuff. But they're not necessarily going to empower your post-production workflow with uh, with that audio. Yeah, definitely. It takes a lot to make that sound good. So what makes you different than those guys? What like how how do you set yourselves apart from, say, the Skypes, Zooms, Zencasters? Because I know Zencaster does the local recording on both sides. Mm -hmm. So what makes you different from even those guys? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not familiar with the ins and outs of, of their of their applications. We tend to stay in our own lane. But there, there are some common user experience best practices with uh, with these types of applications that you want to have things like a green room so that way you can check your hair before you get in the session. You can do a little quick sound <laughs> check. Like um, Nobody wants to do that in front of a guest, right? So there, something like that is probably a good example. Or chat. You want to make sure that you can, you can fall back to a text conversation if somebody's mic's not picking up or something like that. So, you know, we all have that stuff. Um, yeah. That's not our innovation. What what our innovations are are really um, so. Let's let's walk through a hypothetical interview on Squadcast. You're the host. Okay. You set I... up a recording session, and uh, that's just um, picking a, a name. You know, giving it a name and inviting people if you want to. Um, we I you send me a link. I'm your guest. I click that link. We connect in a um, in a video conversation. But we both have a green room to, to welcome us into that conversation. Um, we both connect. You, as the host, can see my local time, what mic I'm using, what my volume is, um, if I'm plugged into power, stuff like that, to help keep you in sync and save you from ask, having to ask awkward questions. <laughs> and then it's really just empowering your conversation. Um, the host has all the controls. That's really just start recording, stop recording. You hit record. Okay. That's where we pick up. We we record everybody on their own machine while you're having your conversation. So we record everybody locally. So you and I would end up with two separate files, one with Aaron, one with Zach. And that gives us that flexibility I was mentioning just a moment ago with um, being able to edit each other independently. If my bulldog is snoring in the background or an ambulance drives by in your background, you can edit that out in post-production without stepping on my vocals. So, um, so we capture audio where it's highest quality um, before it goes over the internet. That's the key difference between like something like Skype or Zoom. Yeah. So we're getting a higher quality because we're capturing it on your system. Um, but then we immediately get it off of your system. And we do that with our, um, with our progressive upload is what we call it. And that is in the background while you're recording, we're also simultaneously uploading your audio once we capture what I call a macro sample. Well, every couple seconds, we grab your local audio, we push it up to our cloud. We do that for everybody in the conversation, and then we kind of have this this cloud uh, cache of your your samples. Um, and then whenever you're done, we then grab all those samples and we create a file for everybody with those. Um, if if let's say let's say worst case scenario, because we want to have a bulletproof solution, like my computer dies or my power goes out or my network goes down or UCLA campus 
content filter kicks in and, and boots me out of the session. I take it that's happened. <laughs> <laughs> it has happened. Yes. Uh, okay. Samantha Pezik has the I Have Cool Friends podcast. She's a silver medalist, a gymnast in um, and has a podcast and she she interviews her friends, uh, their fellow gymnasts and Olympians. Right on. Yeah, she's awesome. So um, so Sam records with Squadcast, and yeah, the other day she had a guest. They, they were connected. It was all good. After about 10 minutes, I think their content filter kicked in. And uh, yeah, she she's in a private network, essentially, right? So they kicked her they kicked her off of Squadcast and gave her a warning, and then she she just went and tethered from her her phone or went to a you know her another place, and they they picked up. But um, stuff happens in the real world. Networks are not perfect. Um, batteries die, whatever, you know, yeah. we want to be bulletproof. We want to make sure you, you always get your audio. And because we have it, um, we have it up in our cloud as we're going, um, wherever the conversation left off, we can just automatically, we detect that we generate a file. And then when you come back, it's there waiting for you. And it's up to the point where you left for whatever reason. So that's, um, that's a level of bulletproofness that does not exist. And it also has other side effects as well that are positive. Um, and that's that you don't have to wait around once you click stop for a file to upload. Okay, yeah, that's cool because I do know with some other apps and other programs where the guest has to leave their computer on and open no. uh, for, for their file to finish uploading. Yeah, for the uh, to the tune of about you know ten to fifteen minutes. We're yeah. talking about leaving a tab open after your conversation's done, and I don't think that really is very respectful of people's privacy. And um, and then also it's just. You know, it's not really needed. You're in the conversation for an hour. Why Why have your system idle for that amount of time when really we could just uh, be uploading it in the background? And that speeds things up. So when you click stop, your guests can leave. You have full confidence that we have your audio. And um, and it takes, uh, takes a few seconds for us to generate it. But that work is not being done on your computer. It's not dependent on your network. It's not depending on any of that stuff. It's not the upload has already occurred. We're essentially just grabbing it and creating a proper wave file from it and giving it to you. Okay, I was going to ask that. From an editing standpoint, typically I take my guest track and my track, put one of them on the left channel, one of them on the right channel, and then edit that way. Do you give two separate tracks? or? or it's a good question. Or... Yeah, they're, um, they're independent files of one another. And, uh, and then the trick is... Um, how do we make sure that our conversation, because they're two separate files, how do we make sure that the, the audio lines up when you go to edit it? Exactly. And that's a, that gets into kind of what I would call a meta problem of a meta challenge, I should say, of doing this type of recording, any type of recording on multiple devices. Even if we are in the same location, you're on your Zoom H6 right now. If I were to pull out my you know, my Pixel 2 over here and turn on the recorder over there, and then we were to play back the conversation recorded on both these devices, it's very likely that they would start to drift out of sync after some amount of time. And it's yeah. com it compounds, though. So by the time you're at an end of an hour-long conversation, these will be dramatically different files from one another. And then you have to spend your time in post-production to go and fix that and line that back up and get the timing right. That does not happen on Squadcast. We have some we have some proprietary technology to to normalize um, and make sure that your audio is always going to line up, so you don't waste that time in post production. Your your recordings end up the way you'd expect them to. Okay, um, it's weird that we have to say that's a feature, and I don't think anybody should really even know 
what audio drift is. So we're, <laughs> we're working to eliminate that. And uh, it has been eliminated on Squadcast since February last year. So we're coming up on coming up on a year now that we've not seen any audio drift across all of our recordings. Great, man. I think it helps too with uh, one person hitting record. Yeah, just so, hands off. So you don't have differences and the length of the recording and them. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. And then let's say let's say even that fails, right? Because I was talking about being bulletproof. Let's say all that you know, system progressive upload, fancy stuff, whatever. All that fails. Um, we have a cloud backup of the entire conversation that is recorded in separate tracks, and we have an audio engineer on our team, my brother Vince, um, who we were going to do the original Sci-Fi podcast with. Um, he works with us on Squadcast, and he will go and pull those backups for you, QA them, make sure it's all good, and send it over to you. Um, we say within 24 hours. Uh, it's really just to give him a window to have a few hours to come home from work. And uh, it's usually one, two hours. He'll pull it, QA it, get it over to you in same wave format, and uh, everything will line up. And we never want to get in anybody's way with post-production. Take support really seriously, and that goes all the way to making sure you always get your audio no matter what. And the other way, it's like the old uh, double ender or the phoner, like it's an old radio thing. The guest actually records themselves on their phone. Double enders are totally cool. Um, uh, LC Escobar and um, and Rob Walsh from Libsyn, they they record the feed as a proper double double ender, and that's awesome because they're both professional podcasters. They can do that. Yeah. In the in for the majority of podcasters, um, your guest is likely not a professional podcaster, so. That gets into the user experience of, that we have um, worked with the community to help create is, is really twofold. We have the user experience of the host. That's what I was walking through a moment ago. Yeah. There's also the user experience of the guest. Um, so you get a link. You click it. You give us permission to your microphone so that we can record you. you join the session, and then you're hands off from that point forward. Um, you don't have to worry about... Um, downloading a file and uploading it to some cloud drive or sending an email after the fact or leaving your computer open for 15 or 20 minutes to get a file uploaded or having to install something on your computer with Skype or Zoom. We tend to forget because it's they've been around for so long and we take it for granted that people have these apps already installed. They've agreed to install this software on their computer. They also need an account in yeah. the case of Skype and Zoom. Not true with Squadcast. We, um, your guest doesn't even need to know what Squadcast is um, to get the benefits of it. And that's our intention. We're not trying to like get them to sign up and like use that as an opportunity to get more users on our platform. Um, they're, they're not, um, you know, the, the guest, uh, the guest is, is exactly that a guest is how okay. we try to, we try to preserve that and make sure that they're doing as little work as possible. And we call that being respectful of your guest time. All right. Very cool, man. So I got a question for you. Obviously, a podcaster is going to be speaking into a better microphone uh, or a microphone of some sorts. A lot of times hopefully. the guest. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> These hopefully days. if you're doing. But a lot of the guests, like especially the ones that aren't into recording or anything like that. Yeah. They just have their computer mic. Mm -hmm. And so is when. You can tell the difference, like at least when I do interviews, you can tell the difference between hearing a real mic oh, yeah. and then hearing the computer mic. Now, is there anything you guys do on your end to make that sound a little bit better or like take away some of the echo of the room or anything like that? Yeah, 
the volume ducking issue that you mentioned before, um, how we get around that is we strongly recommend that everybody wear headphones. Okay. Because that's the only reason that echo cancellation exists. If you can't hear your own voice, hence the headphones, it covers your ears, right? If you can't hear your own voice, you can only hear the other person's voice, then that problem doesn't exist. So we prefer to solve it with, um, with wearing headphones in the real world and not relying on this kind of crappy algorithm to decide what the volume of your recording should be. We want to capture everybody at a consistent 85 out of 100 is our standard that we record everybody at. That's another thing to make it easy on your guests so they don't have to worry about what their input volume is. Okay. We capture everybody at 85 out of 100. And that, in our experience working with the community, has uh, is, is a number that we've dialed in over time to make sure that we're, we're, um, we're getting good dynamic range in the waveform. We're not peaking. And you're getting you're getting a lot of that that PCM data um, preserved in the recording without without coming in too hot or anything like that. So that's a that's a consistency thing that we do. Um, yeah, and then they don't have to worry about installing anything with Squadcast. Like I said, they just they just click the link and show up, um, and uh, and then the controls are in the host thereafter. So basically, it's going to bring up the level at least to a level that you know consistent. usable, consistent. And stuff, but we don't want you having to end edit gain, you know, for one file one file instead of the other. We want them to be consistent between the two of them, and then we don't have the ducking issue because of the headphone. We don't do anything to the audio, um, okay, and that's intentional because we want it to be as close to your metal, as close to your hardware as possible. We don't want to make any assumptions about it. We don't want to, you know, filter it in any way. We don't want any processing or compression on it at all. And um, that's what the communities largely told us that that they want. And um, I think, you know, the the, the headphone situation is, um, is a, it's easy because earbuds do the trick. You know, yeah. it's not anything crazy like that. And then we do have hosts that do something that I feel is pretty creative. And they'll... Uh, they will send a um, like a gamer headset or um, a Sennheiser hat makes like a twenty something dollar headset that's pretty good quality. It's a headset combo with the headphones and mic. Okay. And then that way your guest uh, doesn't have to worry about mic technique because the mic is strapped to their face. They can be as animated as they want. They can move their head around. It comes with the headphones. It's USB. Squadcast works with whatever you plug into your computer. So that that totally works, and that's a good practice. The friction there is that you got to deal with postage and sending this thing back and yeah. forth and putting it in the mail. And we do uh, we do have some interesting conversations in the works with uh, Stephen Aruda, uh, founder of MikeReynolds.com, to have some kind of integration. They have podcast packages. They have all of this awesome uh, audio equipment hardware from the individual podcaster all the way up to like mega churches. Okay. They can do crazy production stuff. And um, we've talked with uh, with them about the potential of if you're scheduling a session in advance on Squadcast, we know that. We know your guest information. So imagine for me with, for a sec that you could dispatch a mic um, through Squadcast and that would, the logistics of all that would be handled by MikeReynolds.com. The mic would show up like a day before. They could send it back the next day. And uh, that rental is uh, very cheap, and it's only, like I said, it's only two days. So yeah. that can, I think, be a very uh, a much smoother process because Liz Kovart, the host um, and friend of uh, the Ben Franklin's World podcast, 
she records on Squadcast and she sends her own Sennheiser headset around. And uh, her guests are awesome. So she, I don't think she has a problem with it. She also has the luxury of having a fantastic show. So guests are very accommodating for her yeah. workflow and stuff. So, um, But uh, I do know Harry Duran with Podcast Junkies. He does the same thing. Uh, a number of our hosts, uh, I know... Eric Newton with the Together podcast. I think he's on a bit of a hiatus right now, but a fellow San Francisco um, Podcast Association uh, member. Um, Eric, he he asks his guests to buy an ATR 2100 on Amazon and then just tells them like, hey, you can keep it. It's a good mic or you can send it back. Like, you know, just <laughs> use it for like a day and then put it back in the mail. Um, he's the only one I've heard doing that. But Yeah, that's, that's creative there. One of the things is for that, like the one of the problems I would have with sending a mic somewhere, sometimes like my guests aren't planned in a long time in advance. It's like, okay, yeah. you're free on Wednesday. Let's do it. Yep. You know, so it's like, eh, yeah, that, that doesn't quite work. But yeah, it's really it, it really comes down to we have a bunch of people who record with, uh, you know, a lavalier mic on a on um, earbuds. And that's that's better than the. Than the computer mic even because of the the proximity to your mouth, so it's picking up more. So if we what we make a recommendation for that is we just ask that they they hold it, and that way they're not getting like ruffling ruffling of their shirt because that can happen with those labs. Yeah. And then um and then also it it's that good you know fist distance away kind of thing. Yeah. Almost any mic is better than the computer mic. Yeah, and like we, uh, Ray Ortega with the Podcasters Roundtable, he's a good friend of ours. He tells people if they absolutely have to record on a laptop mic, built-in mic, to really get up on it and really still be that fist distance away. And you might look like an idiot talking into your keyboard, <laughs> but like that is better because it really just comes down to that proximity. You cut a lot of the reverb out by doing that. Yeah, that's... All right, I guess I never thought of that either, but that that's kind of cool. It's if extreme. Can, I'm visioning it right now. Somebody <laughs> bent over their desk like they're almost like they're licking their computer. Or a, a blankie, you know. I've I've done that. Get a blanket, throw it over. Um, that'll cut out a lot of the reverb if you want. If because I have kind of a wide desk, so it, it does end up being far away, and I didn't have a mic at the time. So, yeah, there that that can work as well. All right, all right, your own little personal sound booth. You've been talking about a lot of people that use Squadcast, and it seems like you, it seems like you get feedback from them quite regularly. How do you work with your community? Yeah, we, um, we view it as a as a gift to be part of the podcast community because what other communities, what other industries, or whatever, do you have your entire audience talking to you constantly and telling you what they want? It's a it can be a lot of information. It can be varying opinions, all that stuff. But really, it's a gift that we um, have been afforded. So we saw this early on um, as a feature of podcasting. And our relationship to that is taking a position of listening. So that's what we strive to be really good at is is listening to our community, asking solid questions so that we get a good understanding of what would be, you know, what challenges they're experiencing, how we can help them overcome those challenges. We we work really closely to answer your question with the podcast community. Um, and it's largely, like I said, from a perspective of of getting out of the way and just and listening to, to what would be helpful, what would add value, what would make it easier for them to collaborate and create their podcast so that they can create more podcasts or, you know, do more creative work. Um, that's how we see it is, is really a empowering, um, taking the feedback from the community, 
building superpowers for them that empower them to go and create cooler and cooler content. All right, man. So a little question off topic just a little bit, but you've been talking about a podcast that you were starting. Oh, yeah. Are you going to be putting out a podcast of your own or are you following through with that or is that on hold for right now? We are. We are. You know, we're finally coming full circle. So we uh, we've scratched our itch, as it were, at least uh, started to. And now our our um, our recording platform, Squadcast, is uh, has largely fixed that original problem that we set out to uh, to the original challenge that we sought to overcome. Um, that's largely been fixed, and people can record in studio quality from anywhere in the world. And um, we are doing that all day, every day. And uh, now it's cool because we can come back full circle and start to actually like use the thing that we built to create <laughs> new stuff. And uh, and that's where we that's where between two mics comes in. So that's the name of our our new podcast. It'll okay. be it'll be dropping um, on February the fifth, the day after Super Bowl. And um, we actually uh, we actually have episode zero up already, and it's uh, it's on the topic of gratitude for the podcast community. We wanted to be coming from a place of gratitude because we wouldn't be here. Um, we wouldn't be here if it if it weren't for the podcast community. And uh, we really feel, you know, very grateful to be uh, to be part of it in some small way. Very cool, man. So is it uh, is it a podcast kind of to go along with Squadcast? Are you going away from the podcast drama to being more of like saying a show to coexist with Squadcast? At first, a show to coexist with Squadcast, because now we have all of these awesome relationships with people who are um actively defining what I see as an emerging medium in podcasting. You know, it's it's been around for, for almost around a decade, something like that. But um, it's still actively being defined. Like anybody who tries to define podcast, in my opinion, like you can, you can try. There are some things that you can point out that are different, you know, um, from other mediums. But I think largely we're still in the exploration phase of what's possible in this medium. Yes. I mentioned audio dramas before, you know, that's an old radio world of the worlds idea, but coupled with podcasting that is uh, brought to you over the internet and um, highly collaborative, highly polished. It can be dynamic with the, the folks at night Vale did an experiment with uh, using dynamic ad insertion technology to have an alternate ending on their episode, depending on where you lived in the United States. Really? Yeah. So there's, I mean, that's a, I probably overused that example, but that is the single, probably the single most creative thing I've seen people do with podcasting medium that just nobody had done that before. That wouldn't be possible on radio. It's just, a, that's a new thing. Um, yeah. And, and it, 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 every, every once in a while there, there is a legitimate new thing that will st- uh, spring up in podcasting. And that to me is an indicator that we're still figuring this thing out and seeing what's possible, you know, um, they may trying to be figure out ways to monetize and measure and all of that stuff, but I think there's some real creativity that's probably still, still out there and undiscovered. It's remote interviews or progressive upload, progressive upload, you know, didn't exist within podcasting before yeah. Squadcast or or Audio Drift is a problem. So um, we see it as something that's still being actively defined. We're fortunate for all the relationships that we've built up in podcasting and the podcast community, and um, and those people are working to actively define it as as are we and uh 
we saw an opportunity to create what uh, our mentor, Harry Duran, Podcast Junkies and Fullcast, what he calls a meta podcast. Um, the podcast Junkies is an example where he's interviewing podcasters about their podcast and it's a podcast about podcasting and all that. Um, we're really looking at it from the perspective of ways that people are expressing themselves within podcasting that are unique in some okay. way. So, uh, so Drew Ackerman with the Sleep With Me podcast uh, recently featured on Vice News Tonight. Yes, he was actually just on my show. Yeah. So, um, yeah, check that out if you don't know who he is. I'm glad, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you had him on your show. Drew is one of the most creative individuals I've ever met. Um, and he's one of these people who is, you know, podcasting is podcasting, I guess, with the active definition is going one direction. Drew is going the entire other direction, <laughs> you know, and he's succeeding to the tune of winning the iHeartMedia podcast award for the number one health podcast in the entire category. You're going up against Sam Harris, like you're going up against all of these nutrition and fitness podcasts. Drew Ackerman with the Sleep With Me podcast from the East Bay here in Oakland yeah. and uh, um, is uh, is the recipient of that award. So uh, we had we have him on the show and that's that's um, I think going to be episode um, five or six, something like that. And uh, I mentioned Liz Covart. She is uh, she's got Ben Franklin's world. So she's using it um, to tell interesting stories within colonial history. And okay. that's a that's um, you know I see that as an innovation uh, coupling of education and podcasting, um, which is kind of how I see the medium. Uh, if I had to define it, is um, is it's uh, it's a step towards personalized education of some kind. It's also entertainment, but I largely view it through the lens of of uh, I love learning, so okay. I, that's how I I like to use podcasting. Very cool. Well, let's get to the learning part of this interview yeah. then. So, like, what advice would you have for, like, podcasters who are looking to create a show? Um, yeah. Uh, just just get started. Um, it's not – it's probably not as easy as people well, – as, as, you know, these coaches would uh, want you to believe from their – the headlines of their articles. Um there, there is some technical stuff, you know, but there also are people who um, help with that. So there's podcast post-production services like Pro Podcast Solutions or Resonate Recordings. Um, and those, uh, those services, you know, you give them your, your audio if it's a conversation or if it's something more dynamic like a storytelling or audio drama or true crime or whatever your thing is. Um, they'll take your audio and they'll put it into a podcast and you'll get you know, uh, something that you can publish back uh, from them. And then you're really able to focus on your content. So it's never been easier. And certainly with tools like Squadcast, platforms like Squadcast, we, we strive to make it easier. Um, but they're, you know, you're still working with audio. You're still, you're still creating some, it's still your creation. Like yeah. we don't have any opinions on your post-production workflow because we don't want to get in your way uh, in anything like that. So we we assume somebody's going to edit your show and put it up on put it up on your feed. So, uh, or if you want to automate that, that's cool too. But um, I think that you know my my advice for somebody starting a podcast is engage with the community because podcasting at first can be kind of a lonely business, and uh, that's something we've heard consistently from folks across uh, across our platform. And um, and I think I've kind of come to understand you know part of part of why that is and. 
um, the solution is to is the podcast community is amazing, like I've been saying. So um, engage with them, get in a Facebook group, get ask questions, throw out your idea, you find a co-host. There's people who are really down to help and have no real monetary reason to, and it's just a really <laughs> open collaborative community. The yeah. events are another thing that I think uh, meetups are free and in all major cities at this point, look up, go to meetup.com, search podcast, and uh, it'll find your nearest podcast meetup. If there's not one, start one and other people will show up. Uh, so I think that's something that we started with early on is the the San Francisco Podcasters Meetup, now the San Francisco Podcasters Association. The Oakland Podcasters Meetup recently changed the name to California Podcast Association. And... Um, yeah, Mike and Steve and Danny, the guys who run those are awesome. PETA in the South Bay, she started one and uh, they're all doing great. Ray Ortega in Sacramento. Um, and those are just, those are the ones we go to on the regular. So there's one in LA that I know, Esprit Devora with We Are LA Tech. There's meetups all over and those are free. And right. sometimes there's pizza and stuff, so it's cool. But, uh, <laughs> but the events are really where it comes all together. And that's where I would say, you know, PodFest, Podcast Movement, those are, um, those are definitely awesome events to step your game up as a podcaster. And I would also say, like, view it as a business or a part of a business from the get-go. Even if it's a hobby, that's totally cool. Like, basically, you know, f- feel free to get better over... You are allowed to get better over time. Nobody's going to, there's no like podcast police that are going to come and say, your thing's not cool. Uh, <laughs> quite the opposite um, in my experience. So I would say that, you know, just just get started and um, get your content going, ask questions, be engaged with the community. It's It's an awesome vibe. All right. Perfect, man. Yeah. So what are you guys doing to promote yourself right now? That's a that's a really timely question. We're in the midst of a uh, three launches in three weeks or just one big launch, I guess is one way to say it, where we are out of beta officially as of New Year's. Congratulations. Thank you kindly. We were um, we were in beta while we worked with the community really closely to, to dial in our experience, and we feel confident about that. Um, and we uh, we took the beta flag off. We're V1, and, uh, and then we've been doing a bunch of promotion along with uh, – you know, podcasters are great at at promo and are great at marketing and all that stuff. So we've been working to really just empower our uh, the creativity of our existing hosts to to help us promote, and they feel really strongly about the work that we're doing. And likewise, so uh, they've been fantastic to help us uh, launch and really get the word out. Last night, or sorry, yesterday, we um, we hunted on ProductHunt.com, okay, which is a very uh, tech startup bro thing to do. <laughs> um, but it's great for uh, it's great for promotion and getting noticed by uh, by journalists and news sources to get picked up every day. There's a new batch of technology things that people post on there, apps usually stuff like that. Um, sometimes physical devices, hardware, but um, but largely just software. And there you call it a hunt. Um, so we hunted Squadcast yesterday, and it's a 24-hour thing where we try to get as much, as many reviews and upvotes um, and um, feedback on Squadcast to um, to really help drive it up the list. And then there's like a leaderboard kind of thing. So we we got in the top 10 for yesterday. Um, nice. And thank you. And we ended up with like close to close to 300 upvotes and then um and then 23 reviews all positive all from heavy hitters within the podcast space so nice i think the quality of our reviews is also very high so it's not just the number to me 
Yeah. Uh, every one of those are relationships that we've nurtured over time and people that we, we work with very closely. So they're not superficial at all. So it's not just like Steve from Squakegee, Illinois yeah. or something like that. I'm going to install this. No, yeah, it's like it's like Mike Thomas saying exactly why he records with Squadcast and how we record, how we empower his like scheduling, recording, and post production workflow in detail. So, Dave Jackson, Harry Duran, Jordan Jordan Harbinger weighed in. Nice, I I, I love his show, man. Yeah, um, yeah, Jordan's awesome. We've been very fortunate to to be able to meet with him and his producer Jason DiFilippo uh, a number of times. They're they're really really passionate about podcasting. It's really cool to see. Yeah, I've been listening to them since they were the old show, which yeah. for their sake I won't say the name of. Yeah, uh, because they're they won't be al- around much longer. It, I don't think it was kind of bitter, but now it's a Jordan Harbinger show. Check it out. Um, That's the crazy thing is it. Jordan is actually an individual. Like a lot of people talk about, like. Um, you know, picking up the pieces and starting from scratch and like, you know, being being back to square one and then having to kind of rebuild everything from there. Jordan is doing that right now and he's mm-hmm. killing it. Um, he's doing probably better than he was before this whole thing happened. So I think that that is uh, a real testament to him and his character, his team. Awesome, man. Awesome. So uh, one more thing that you're doing for promotion that I noticed, uh, you're going right to the source, going to the podcasters meetups and everything oh, yeah, like yeah, that, right? Totally. We don't really look at that as um, any like a marketing effort because we we want to listen and you know hear ideas and engage with the community, but yeah we um, we've built relationships with uh, with the the people who run these groups and they're kind enough to give us shout outs and we sponsor with pizza every once in a while, um, but even that has kind of dialed back. Uh, but that we we sponsor we speak at events so I'm I'm very fortunate Rock and I my co-founder are um, fortunate to be giving a presentation at PodFest coming up here in March in Orlando. Oh, cool. Giving a presentation there. Um, DC PodFest a few months before that. Podcast Movement a few months before that. And um, yeah, we're we're, um, trying to be everywhere that we can be with the community to engage. And um, conferences are expensive, travel, all that stuff, but we're getting... We're getting better at it. So I think that's uh, something where the speaking opportunities are awesome. And then also like what we're doing right now, right? Being on podcasts and talking about what we're doing um, is is really, really helpful to to um, to just, you know, reach more people and talk about uh, the people don't have to deal with this quality or, the you know, the way it used to be. There isn't a better option out there. All right, right on, man. Very cool, very cool. So now I only have a couple more questions left for you here. Uh, One is, what is a highlight uh, that you care to share? Uh, Yeah, so there's a couple of those. Um, The one I'll point out is probably the the biggest uh, kind of turning point in this whole Squadcast journey, the whole story. Um, We launched in beta at Podcast Movement in Anaheim in 2017. We'd been working on the app for about six months. and I don't even think we had our full team formed then. Um, but um, we've been working on it. We had like an, you know, we had a proof of concept. We had an alpha, all that stuff. But it was not validated. We had not talked to a single podcaster. We were not part of the podcast community at all. Okay. And we uh, we were going to go to the event as attendees and like rock some shirts and like ask questions and get feedback that way to try to validate that we're on the right track at least and that it's worth working on. Because that's the whole thing with startups is you want to validate as you're going. You want to you don't want to spend ten years in a closet building something that turns out nobody else wants, right? Yeah, or it's not useful. That that happens far too often, and the antidote to that is really to just 
get it in front of real people as quickly as possible. So that was a very jarring experience because I'd never even worked a booth before, let alone talked about my product in front of real people and tried to represent and have branding and like work the event. It's three days, it's three days, you know, and it was not, it's not cheap to get a booth and all that. We got lucky that it was in California so we could drive. Um, yeah. And then also the organizers, uh, Jared Easley and Dan Franks, they were super open to a startup that they had never heard about uh, coming out of the woodworks, just like, hey, we want a sponsor. We need a booth. Like at the last minute, they were almost sold out of booths and they took a sh real shot on us. And um, and we're very, very grateful for them for that opportunity because we met our very first advisor and was turned into rocket fuel for Squadcast with feedback and improvements is is our our relationship with our mentor, Harry Duran. And Harry came up to our booth, talked to us about what we're doing, and just was coming from a place of wanting to help. And uh, I think he he sensed that, you know, there's he knew that there's a real problem uh, here, a real, real opportunity for improvement, real challenges to overcome, because he himself was recording um, with with Skype and some of these other yeah. things. That's the, that was the best option. And so Harry was well aware from his own firsthand experience that there was a real challenge. And I think he sensed from us a real passion for podcasting, a real sense of working with the community. But he had no no data to go off of other than talking to us. So yeah, shout out to Harry. I mean, he just really believed in us in a really early time. And that was the the turning point that I would say was probably you know, coming out with a product, never having founded anything, joining, basically uh, joint, stepping into the arena, you know, like with the community and putting ourselves out there. We could have fallen flat on our faces and been standing there for three days telling people telling us over and over again that they're never going to use this and nobody needs this and whatever. That totally could have happened. So that was, um, we, we walked in there very fearful and we walked out of there part of the podcast community and feeling very welcome and that there was a real opportunity that we, we were afforded. So that's always awesome when somebody like sends the elevator back down to people who, you know, yeah. haven't had that shot yet, but have something good to show, you know? So. Absolutely. Yeah. So much gratitude for, for Harry in particular, but just the community for being so welcoming. The, the, the community did not, you know, need to welcome us in or anything like that. Um, so it was uh, something that, you know, I think about probably daily. Um, it's it's remarkable that experience how how much it stands out to me because it was a f you know we could have gone either way. Um, yeah, it's a man. long shot. That, that's awesome putting yourself out there taking that risk. That's a really cool highlight right there. Of course, anytime you get somebody to take that chance on you, it's great. So now that you have moved out of beta, what is it that you want? your audience to take away or your user's experience to be? We'll adjust that to you. Yeah, we want it to be as close to an in-person recording as possible. So we don't want it to feel like you're talking or we want the technology to, to empower your workflow and not get in your way. So really, once you're connected, we want to just fade into the background and we want your conversation to be the foreground. That's the whole reason why you're talking to this other person. We want you to be able to have a, a real life connection with them. And we see that in our in our engagement data, where the average podcast interview is about 45 minutes long. The average session from start to finish is double that. So people are talking outside of the recording. And to us, that's a that's an early indicator that people are able to to deeply connect on our platform. And 
we always prefer to record in person whenever we can, like we are here today. Yeah, you know, that's that's the best way that you can connect. Um, but I think we're we're just taking a realistic stance that um, you know for podcasting to continue to scale and for you to get cooler and cooler guests on your show, it gets harder and harder to get together in the same room. So uh, so I think we we want to you know empower that that next step from. Uh, you know, to to professional podcasters to to capture their audio and really make it sound like they're in the same room. That's the real testament to uh, the the value that we try to deliver. Is your guests should not be even aware that this is a remote conversation. To, from their perspective, um, listening to your show, you should sound like you're in the same studio. Awesome, man. Awesome. So. Yeah, it's been great talking to you, man. I know you have kind of a hard out coming up here. So if it sounds like I'm rushing, that's why. Um, so thank you for having me on, Aaron. Yeah, of course. I have one final question for you, though. Before cool. I let you out of here, I couldn't complete the episode without asking this. It's the title question of the show. Zach Moreno, how do you live uncontained? I live uncontained by doing everything I can to stay outside my comfort zone. And also to really focus on the ratio, how I see it, between um, consumption and creation. I try to keep them balanced. It's impossible because you need inspiration, <laughs> but I strive to keep them in balance. So that pushes me because human nature, you're going to consume content and you know find cool stuff to follow. Um, I try to keep a, as close to a balance as possible there. And that, I find, pushes me to, to focus on creativity and really making sure that you know, with, with Squadcast, we have a real opportunity to not just create one podcast for ourselves and for our listeners, but to empower the whole podcast community to create podcasts. And that's a whole nother level of collaboration and creativity. And we see it as a, as hopefully a, you know, a superpower of um, podcasters is to be able to, you know, sit down on a computer and talk to anybody in the world, record like you're in the same room and your listeners don't know the difference. Uh, so I think that is, um, that's largely how I look at it is trying to stay trying to stay out of my comfort zone and empowering creativity. Those are the two things I try to optimize for a lot. Nice. Um, some of the sacrifices that, that we've made along the way stand out to me is, you know, I, um, I'm lucky to live in the Bay Area on the East Bay and uh, I didn't I didn't need my my Jeep. I had a Jeep Wrangler. I lived in Sacramento and it's you, you kind of need a car in Sacramento. Everything's yeah. more spread out. Public transit isn't as good. So I had I had. My Jeep. So I sold that early on and uh, actually ended up making $100 off that deal. And I sold it to a dealership. So oh, nice. I don't know how that happened, but um, felt good about that. And that was a sacrifice. <laughs> you know, some of the other stuff that it's less glamorous and doesn't make it into the startup bro movies and stuff. But, you know, late nights, early support calls from people on the East Coast. Like um, we just see them as opportunities to help and opportunities to take what otherwise, you know, might turn into a negative review on a blog post somewhere and turn that around to, wow, the Squadcast team really showed up and uh, and helped me overcome my challenge today. And uh, then they'll know thereafter that we'll be there for them tomorrow. All right. Perfect, man. So um, I know we talked a little bit earlier about a promotional code. Yeah. If you're a podcaster and looking to um, enhance the quality of your remote interviews, uh, use promo code uncontained and that will get you uh, 50% off your first month in addition to a 14-day free trial. 
Oh, nice, nice. Well, thank you, man. So for all the podcasters out there um, who are sick of Skype, who, you know, have tried other means, um, done like Facebook uh, <laughs> messenger recordings, which I have done. Sometimes it works better than Skype. It does. Um, there it is, uncontained. And they can go to squadcast.fm and uh, get signed up there using the code uncontained. And do you, real quick, before I have you sign off, do you have any uh, social media uh, yeah. where people can get a hold of you if they have questions about Squadcast? Yeah. So personally, I am Zach, Z A C H underscore underscore Moreno um, on social and then also squadca- at Squadcast FM on all of the channels. Yeah. All right, perfect. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me and talk today. And um, looking forward to trying out Squadcast. I know we did this a little bit backwards. I hadn't tried it yet, but by the time this airs, I will have tried it. So, because I have a interview with somebody in Norway. So we're going to try this around the world thing. Awesome. And uh, and then you guys will be able to hear how it sounds here on Uncontained. So thank you. I have one final thing for you to do, and that is sign off the show, Zach. Will you do me the honor of signing off the show? Yeah, just so much gratitude for the podcast community um, affording these opportunities to, to help people overcome these challenges. I think it's exciting times to be in podcasting and uh, every year just things get better and better. The community grows more and more. So I'm Zachariah Moreno and I live uncontained. And that does it for another episode of Uncontained. Thank you for listening and thank you to Zach Moreno for joining me and sharing what he has going on with Squadcast and also a promo code for all my podcasters out there that want to try, want to try something new because they're fed up with Skype. Everybody who's used it for podcasting has their own horror story to share, I'm sure. So Uncontained is the promo code for squadcast.fm. Go there, sign up, use promo code Uncontained, and get yourself half off your first month of Squadcast on top of the free 14-day trial that they already give you. So Uncontained is the promo code. Check it out. Also, hit me up on social media. Let me know how it goes. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's Uncontained Pod. And let me know what you think of the show, what you have going on. And please, on your podcast player of choice, subscribe to Uncontained so episodes just magically appear on your phone. And uh, until next time, my friends, live uncontained.